0: You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. Well, in 1990, the greatest art robbery in history took place. It took place on a cold and misty night in Boston, when two thieves walked into an art gallery and then they walked out with 13 works of art, including the only known seascape of Rembrandt, called Storm on the Sea of Galilee. That painting, along with the others that were stolen, were estimated to be of a value of about $300 million, and they've never been seen since, as far as I know. Well, how did these thieves pull it off? Well, if you've got images of Tom Cruise kind of coming down from the ceiling um, on wires or Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of doing the limbo underneath the infrared lights, uh, then you couldn't be further from the truth. The robbers simply knocked on the door, asked to come in and the security guards opened the door for them. It was because they were dressed as Boston policemen and so standing in the rain in their fake uniforms and waving their fake badges and saying that they'd actually come to protect the art in the museum the security guards simply opened the door and ushered them in and the art world has been in mourning ever since. And I don't know whether those security guards, the real ones, actually ended up having a job any longer after that. But I mention this story to you because um, if you know anything about 2 Timothy, that's uh, the place, the letter that we were reading, uh, that Bible verse from before, Paul has called, the Apostle Paul has called on Timothy, the younger Timothy, to be a security guard. To be a security guard in the church and if you have a look earlier if you've got your bibles open earlier in 2 timothy in chapter 1 verse 13 paul says this to timothy what you have heard from me keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in christ jesus guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you and guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So Timothy has been called to be a security guard and he's guarding something much more precious than a Rembrandt painting. What's he guarding? He's guarding the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul calls him to step up to the mark and uh, protect the good news and make sure it doesn't get changed or stolen altogether and Timothy's been called to be this security guard because just like the art robbery in Boston, back in Paul's day, there were people around about who were claiming to be Christians uh, and there to protect the church, but in actual fact, they were imposters. They were there to actually do harm and they were there for their own selfish motives. And they're not handling the truth properly and they're endangering it and they're endangering others as well. So that's the context of the passage that we have here in in 2 Timothy that we have. Can we put it on the screen as well? That'd be great. So Timothy is to be a godly protector, a security guard of the good deposit, the gospel, the, the, the gospel that Timothy has learned about in the scriptures, can you see here from verse 14 that it says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learnt and have become convinced of, because you know that those from whom you learnt it and how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So as opposed to the kind of... Um, Uh, False teachers are out about who are using manipulative uh, methods and promoting the latest uh, trendy knowledge or maybe the latest uh, spiritual techniques. Timothy is just to stick with the story of the gospel which has been outlined in the Bible. And there are three reasons that we want to look at today of why the gospel that we have here in the scriptures is so precious and why Paul says that we're meant to stick with the scriptures. Firstly, do you notice there in verse 16 that it says that it has the authority that comes from God. It says all scripture is God's breathed now some older translations have a different way of saying it and they older translations say that that all scripture is inspired by God and inspired by God is not a bad translation but it is open to a little bit of misunderstanding isn't it because you can think that the Bible is somehow a, a person that's kind of inspired to think great thoughts about God just like maybe perhaps an artist might be inspired by the model that uh, she's you know he's painting uh, you know to sort of inspire to do nice artwork um, but here it says oh no it's actually uh, inspired by God so that's important uh, to know isn't it because it's actually God, uh, breathing is God breathed. It's God breathed. Uh, so it's not just inspiring in the sense that we can say, oh, well, that's not very inspiring in the Bible. I don't like that bit, but I do like that bit. Maybe that bit's inspired. No, all of our, all scripture is God breathed. So um, it's expired, is God uh, breathed and that's what gives the Bible its uh, authority. See, if all we're dealing with is someone's good ideas or nice ideas about the life, the universe, and everything, and, and the divine, then who's to say whether their ideas are better than someone else's ideas? But if we're dealing with the fact that God is speaking through the people who wrote the scriptures then it's not just listening to Paul or Moses or Luke or whoever but to God and the Holy Spirit that is speaking through the scriptures so it's expired it's authoritative and there are all sorts of different competing authorities out there that we have to kind of deal with When we're trying to make decisions about what's true and what's not, um, isn't there? We have things like um, our own reason, you know, what we think is right and true, uh, what we can make sense of, reason, our own rational thought. Um, there's the, the other authority of experience, our experience, and what's the experience of those around us. And then there's authority of the church. You know, what does the church say? What's church tradition? And what's church history? And when we come against something like we're in the Bible that we find very difficult or strange or we don't like, or we don't even maybe agree with, then it's easy to say, well, those other authorities in our lives have more weight. But if we understand the Bible to be God-breathed, God speaking to us, then it has the ultimate authority in our lives and helps us to weigh up those other authorities, which may or may not be true, but which has The ultimate authority if the Bible is God expired words then it must be number one and at Ridley that's really the standpoint of where we come from that um, even though we look at all sorts of different topics in pastoral care and um, in ethics you know difficult topics in ethics like assisted dying and all sorts of other very challenging things that the world out there has very different ideas about. At Ridley we say, yeah, we've got to think about these things seriously, but our ultimate authority is, how does the Bible help us to weigh these things up? What does it say? What does God say? So it's um, a authoritative book, but secondly, do you notice that it's a life-changing book? It's a life-changing book. Paul's not just giving Timothy a kind of a reminder about the the doctrine of the authority of the scriptures. No, he's saying this has actually got important implications. It makes a difference. It's life-changing. Go back to verse 14 where it says how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through Christ Jesus see it has implications that the scriptures actually god's given them the whole lot for a purpose the scriptures have a goal and that goal is to lead us to christ to lead us to salvation um i know some of you have done a bible overview course uh, you know, something that helps you to move, work out how we go from Genesis through to Revelation and how all of those 66 books all kind of tell a story, how they all fit together. Has anyone ever done a Bible overview type of course? Yeah, it's been it's fantastic, isn't it? And if you've done the Ridley Certificate Bible overview course, it is actually the most popular of our, our ridley certificate courses the bible overview because it's so helpful in getting this kind of the big picture of the bible and um, seeing how the whole of the bible focuses on jesus that all of it is pointing towards jesus all of it helps us to understand salvation in jesus it's telling one story god's plan to bring salvation to the world through faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, all scripture is able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. That's the kind of book that it is. It's a life-giving book. It's a precious life-saving word from God for the person who places their their trust in Jesus so people can come to the bible with all sorts of agendas can't they oh it's got really nice poetry in it oh it's got really gory stories in it or oh it's you know got all these things in it or maybe even a a skeptical agenda where you're coming with questioning seeking to discredit or pull it apart but if we will allow the bible to do its work that it's supposed to do, to be open to reading it in the way that it's intended, it's very powerful. One of um, our students, Albert knows him, his name's um, Michael, and Michael wasn't um, a believer. He was at school, he gave, It was given one of uh, those little Gideon Bibles, you know the little, little Bibles, I don't know if it happens these days in schools, probably not, but anyway, in those days he, he, he did, And um, he didn't think much about it. He put it in his pocket and um, wasn't really interested. But some years later, he began to question what life was all about and whether there was a God and what that God might say about him and to him. So he started actually reading it. So he pulled it off the shelf and he began, it was uh, in the New Testament, so it was a little New Testament uh, one. And so he started with Matthew, which is the first gospel in there. And so he started reading and he started reading about Jesus and then he got to the Sermon on the Mount and he got to the bit in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus says enter the kingdom through the narrow gate, not through the broad gate. It's a very challenging passage and it had a whole bunch of other things that it says there. And the Holy Spirit through reading that passage, made him realise that he was on the broad road, not the narrow road. And that was something that prompted him then to seek Jesus out and through various um, other things that happened, he came to the Lord and he's now um, a Christian who's training for ministry. Ridley wants our students to know the Jesus of the Bible, to know Jesus personally and to be able to share the gospel and the the salvation that's found in the Bible with others. All scripture is God breathed and able to make you wise for salvation, even those difficult bits, even the weird bits, even the funny bits. It's worth protecting because it's not just any book. It's an authoritative Life-changing book. And finally, do you see in verse 16 that it's a life-equipping book. All scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So it's saying that when people know Jesus and when they know the scriptures, amazing things happen. Not only do they get saved, but they get changed for the better. God uses the Bible to shape and transform their lives into the people that God wants them to be. He's created them to be. Um, Like I was saying with the kids, the Bible is like a spiritual Bob the Builder toolbox to enable you to be ready for every situation in life. Or think of another illustration. It's a spiritual GPS. Does anyone have a GPS in their car? What's the name of the voice uh, on your GPS? Catherine from Ireland, or? uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Um, You know, a GPS, it shows you the direction. I actually used it this morning, getting here. It shows you the direction that you uh, need to head. And if we veer off course, what does it do? It corrects you and you know um, some GPS uh, people, uh, voices, get really annoyed when you do that and they start saying things like turn around, turn around now, (laughs) I'm saying turn around. And often the GPS is actually right though not infallible like God's word is, um, God's spiritual Bible GPS. So here, can you see from this verse that it's kind of a very um, practical, incredibly practical uh, book. So through God's word, it teaches you, rebukes you, corrects you and trains you in righteousness. How amazing is that? How practical is that? so the servant of god it says may be thoroughly equipped for every good work so that you may be thoroughly equipped for every good work have you ever asked what the purpose of your life is as a christian in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we have been saved by God to do the work that he has prepared in advance for us to do. And what the Bible does is it shows us what those good purposes are that God wants us to do. And not only that, the Bible equips us, gives us the tools to do every single one of them. See the emphasis here, in this verse it says, to make us thoroughly equipped, so complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work, lacking nothing for living. Um, this Bible looks a bit beaten up but I had another one before that which was actually even more beaten up but um, someone one day wrote two things on the spine of my Bible on one of the spines he wrote this is God speaking don't forget to listen to Timothy 3:16." and on the other spine this part of the spine he wrote this if this Bible is falling apart, it shows that the owner isn't. <laughs> so there are two profound truths, aren't there, in these verses about the scriptures here? One is the authority of the scripture, that is, it is God speaking, and that we need to listen, and it leads us to salvation in his son. And the second one is The sufficiency of scripture, that it gets you ready for everything good that God expects of you. So today we don't have to kind of be Einsteins to kind of figure out the value of this this verse, this passage, and why I chose it for my Ridley visit here today. Um, Because if we're here today and we actually want to be equipped for every good work that what God wants us to do. And if you're here today and you wanna figure out what is the best way to live and what that life is all about and how to uh, parent well and uh, how to make decisions about the hard things of life and how to face the hard things of life um, and all sorts of different things, Uh, this is saying that that stuff comes from knowing God in the scriptures and having this God-shaped life that's coming from the Bible this is incredible resource um, in life that you could possibly ever have now you probably already know that and this is kind of probably a great reminder for each of us here today to prod us to prod each of us to maybe think again about how we can carve out time in our life to listen to God and to allow God to shape us for the situations that he's calling us to do. Reminding ourselves once again of the privilege of having God speak to us, isn't that amazing? And the amazing thing that God wants us to be ready and He's given us the resources for every practical daily situation. How to use our money, our relationships at work, everything. You know, so often, I don't know um, if you have done a lot of study to do the sort of work that you have done, maybe a lot of training. Um, sometimes we are really, really equipped. In our professional life in our trade in the trade that we do in all sorts of different other areas of our life but when it comes to being equipped to handle the Bible and to know the Bible sometimes we can be spiritual kind of pygmies you know spiritual babies so this is a challenge for us today isn't it and uh, during the week i read an interesting little illustration it compares the way that we value the bible to the way that we value our mobile phones Uh uh-oh here's how it goes have you ever wondered what would happen if we treated our bibles as valuable as our mobile phones has anyone heard this thing No, okay, anyway, have you ever wondered what would happen if we treated our... Has has everyone got a mobile phone here? Yeah, 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 maybe some don't, but anyway, I bet you do. Imagine if we carried our Bible around in our purse or our pocket all the time. Imagine if we turned back to get our Bible if we forgot it. Imagine if we flipped through our Bible several times a day and we read the messages that God was sending to us. What if we used our Bibles to find out the answers to the questions we didn't know? What if we used our Bibles in an emergency? What if we used the Bible to send messages of encouragement to our friends, to our family? What if we treated our Bibles as if we couldn't live without them? Keeping them handy by our bedside at our desk was the first thing to pack in our suitcase where we went on holidays. What if we gave our Bibles to our kids or grandkids as presents and helped them to use it well and apply to the many situations they face? So imagine what would happen, and this is a challenge to me as much as it is, I'm sure to you, if we treated the scriptures with half the importance that we attach to our mobile phones. But there's another um, specific lesson in these scriptures for us to ponder about that is that these scriptures can help us and this church family to safeguard the gospel because remember that the whole chapter the whole um, book of timothy to timothy is about timothy being a security guard um, and warning him to stay away from imposters now you and i might not be exactly in uh, paul's shoes or timothy's shoes but each of us has a role to play in protecting the gospel in our own neck of the woods here. But there's no way that we are going to be able to do that if we're not spending time in the Bible because if the only input that you get from the scriptures is the time here on a Sunday or maybe even some time um, in a small group during the week, in the long run, it's probably inadequate on its own. So spending time learning and engaging our mind over the text is so important. Otherwise, we have no way of working out whether the things that John O. or Jimmy or Albert or whoever preaches up here on a Sunday, we have no way of working out where, whether what they're saying is true um, or not, even though I'm, sh- I'm sure it probably is. But anyway, um, uh, even the best of ministers can go... You know, AWOL and off the track. Uh, so uh, what, what tools can help you? Uh, ask Albert, ask Jono, ask Jimmy. What tools can help you to understand the Bible and interpret it better? And at Ridley we are really, that's our business. Our business is to produce uh, women and men who can teach and lead the people of God. For the sake of the health of the church and the future of the church and the guarding of the gospel for future generations. So let me finish um, with another art robbery story. And this involves a painting called Portrait of a Lady, which was stolen from an Italian art museum this time. But what makes this art robbery noteworthy was that no one actually even knew that the artwork was stolen for quite a long time. It wasn't actually until someone found the empty frame, like the picture frame, on the roof of the art gallery that someone twigged that something was wrong and realised that there had been a robbery. Isn't that extraordinary? A priceless treasure went missing and no one even noticed it. Sadly, I'm I'm, I'm sorry to say that that can happen in churches. Um, The gospel of Jesus can go missing and no one even notices it. And so you can go to some churches where you can hear a a great message about how to fulfill your potential or um, the importance of social action um, or how to be a loving and accepting person. Uh, and don't give me, get me wrong, the, the, the gospel of Jesus does have something to say about those uh, things. But in, this, and in and that church, it doesn't actually look like uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually center stage. And in that church, people don't get excited about Jesus and his death and resurrection, the good news of Jesus. And somehow Jesus seems to have kind of drifted off stage. And the scriptures that make us wise for salvation don't seem to get spoken about much and it's like that art robbery in the Italian art gallery the gospel has been sort of snatched away from under people's noses and no one seems to have noticed it so friends as much as it is in your power may that never happen on your watch whether it be a leader of the church or whether it be a congregation member of the church. Ministers of churches have really important roles in doing this, but we all have a role to play in being security guards. And so, may I encourage you to keep learning from the scriptures, uh, teaching it to your children, keeping on testing uh, what you hear and read from the Bible Because until Jesus comes again, um, this is his authoritative, um, life-giving and life-changing word. Amen.